0: Hi, this is Tony Mala broadcasting from the ASAMSO Symposium at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas during APEX. This has been a tremendous event, and I have two individuals who were intimately involved in it. I have Roy Schnepper, the past chairman of ASA. Hi, Roy. Welcome. Hey, Tony. And I have Daryl Amberson, our Master of Ceremonies, a multi-shop operator. And Daryl, nice to have you here. Glad you could find the time. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. And to give you a little perspective, Roy,
1: tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a single shop owner here in the Detroit, Michigan area, and had the opportunity to uh, serve on the board of directors for ASA for several years, or probably close to 15 years, and it's been a a great experience for me and been part of the MSO Symposium since it was introduced in the 8th annual, and it is really developing into an event that people want to be at.
0: So you were here at the very beginning. You've been involved in this thing from the get-go. Right from the get-go, yeah. Interesting. And Daryl, you graciously volunteered to be the MC this year, but you're also a past chairman of ASA, I believe, right?
2: Correct. And like Roy, I was on the board for 15 years, and I served as uh, chairman just before, not too long before Roy. So we've come up the ranks together on this, and we're both around at the same time uh, when the MSO Symposium concept was developed and, and the whole thing implemented. Excellent. And Daryl,
0: you're also a multi-shop operator, I believe. What is your title at Metri's?
2: I'm the president of operations for Metri's Collision in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We have nine collision shops and two standalone mechanical shops.
0: Wow. So you really benefited from the MSO Symposium. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but I really want to talk about your moderator job today. Tell us a little bit about what went on and what you saw in some of the presentations.
2: Frankly, all the presenters were great. You know, when you're an MC, sometimes you have to stimulate a little bit more conversation from some of the panelists. Sometimes uh, not so much. We had a few that just, just started talking, and it just flowed. They were terrific speakers, and a lot of terrific information. So it went fast. Anything in particular stick out from the information that
0: you uh, you heard today?
2: I think the OE panel was really good in terms of OE certifications, the direction the industry is going. I like the dealership panel a lot, too, because these folks on this panel represent very large dealer groups, and it's very interesting. They're kind of a unique model in that they work for companies that sell cars, and that's typically their primary focus, but yet these good-sized, very large companies uh, are really embracing collision repair as well and putting a lot of emphasis on that portion of their business, and these guys are doing a terrific job. And in some their models are a little different than other independents, and they... um, in some ways has some advantages over us because of their relationships with the vehicle manufacturers. Interesting. In fact, one of the panels, I believe, was talking about the
0: growth of dealership uh, collision shops. Is that true?
2: Yes. It's, it's been a relatively stable part of the market and, in fact, in some cases growing. Wow.
0: Well, I know there was a ton of information. A lot of data was exchanged today. There were some mm-hmm. great presentations early in the morning talking about the uh, direction really of the industry and where it's going again anything that that was of particular uh, particularly striking to you that maybe you didn't know or something you suspected but was now confirmed mm-hmm. here anything jump out at you
2: a few things like the rapid growth of consolidators over this last year a lot of dollars changed hands in terms of uh, shops being acquired that's if anything that consolidation trend is stronger than ever especially among the now top three or four however you want to look at it a lot of growth there mm-hmm. Very impressive, as well as, I thought Susanna's presentations, as always, were excellent. She comes with so much data, and uh, she does such a terrific job of analyzing that and describing trends in our industry. The significant increase in severity, I think, is striking. I think we're all seeing that. She's talked about, in some cases, seeing severity averaging as much as $4,000 per claim. and it wasn't long ago we were talking in terms of $2,500. And
0: Susanna was CCC Information Systems, I believe, one of the, uh, one Correct. Of the presenters. Yeah. There was actually one of the things that struck me was the uh, presentation by Uber Yes, And they talked a lot about the technology. We all worry about things like autonomous vehicles, but Uber talked a lot about, I think, their ride-sharing program that a lot of businesses are now using for customer transportation.
2: We at Lametries have embraced that over the last year. We, in many cases, because we have more than one shop, we're oftentimes loading a job from one shop to another, and rather than sending two drivers or, or a tow truck, a lot of cases it makes sense, send one person down there with the vehicle and take an Uber back to your first shop. Ray, from your
0: perspective as a single shop operator, what was there any eye openers for you from the MSOs side of the equation?
1: Well, I think there's two things. You know, we talk about consolidation, and we're seeing that more and more taking place in the industry, mm-hmm. and the consolidators consolidating themselves. But I think Daryl touched on it earlier. The dealer groups. I think it's a, a whole new market out there where they're consolidating. They're buying up other dealer, small dealer groups, and making larger dealer groups. In Michigan, we have three right now that are really developing a Suburban group or a LaFontaine or a Gowling where they own every line that is manufactured made. And they are just developing into these large collision centers. Suburban, for example, has built a 40,000-square-foot building That was a collision center. They just added 35,000 to it to make it a 75,000-square-foot collision center. Mammoth shops. So I think it's a area that ASA and the MSO Symposium needs to be meeting the needs of. And and that's where I think the discussion that went on today was very valuable to to see that they've changed, and Daryl hit on it, in his moderation of it was uh, the dealers used to look at the collision centers as a arbitrage around their necks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had to have it, and they'd rather just have service areas. But they're changing their view on, on this and uh, it allows some of these groups not to have collision shop at every dealership but have a mega shop and funneling to that. So mm. I think it's a market that we need to be aware of.
2: One of the things that struck me that I hadn't heard of before is one of the dealer groups talked about how they've been purchasing some independent repair shops and adding it to their groups. Even though these shops were not part of a dealer group before, they're adding it to their portfolio of shops and and directing work from their dealerships to these shops. Hmm.
0: So we're seeing some new business models emerge out of this as well. We are. Interesting. Let's talk a little bit about how the program was developed. I know, Roy, you sit on the advisory council for the MSO Symposium. Daryl, you do as well, correct? I do, yes. Can you give us a little, from your perspective, a little background as to how the program was developed? Who was involved? What what segments of the industry had input into what we should be discussing here?
1: Well, I think there was a, a, a nucleus of some consultants that came to us and said, hey, there, there's a need for this, mm-hmm. that they could have an area where they could sit down as a group of MSOs without having you know, the insurance industry or... And, and have some open dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's how it developed, and it was not a, a big program at first. A few panelists discussed actually funding how uh, people raised money to do these these projects. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that started out, but then it just started to blossom, and the need for a, an advisory committee so that you can see, okay, here are some of the discussions that we had. They were okay, but you know if we would have done this, in this then it would have been better and so that we can do the next take the next steps moving forward and in providing information that they want to hear and that helps the industry in a in whole so mm-hmm.
2: going back to the beginning the the whole idea of the MSO symposium really was started by Ron Nagy another past chairman for ASA and he was developing a business in Ohio and adding shops, and he wanted to know what the bigger guys were doing and and bring everybody together because he just saw it as a different business model and that one with... players that had different interests, different approaches to growing their business, and he wanted to hear more about it, and he thought that'd be interesting for others to hear. And that's really where it came from. And then the advisory council was started after that to help put it together. And if you fast forward to our current advisory council, it's made up of a number of different people from different entities of the industry, and who originally came up with the first concepts of what panel discussions were going to have or speakers, which then started putting together some speakers, and then they gave input on how each presentation was going to uh, be structured and what questions were going to be asked.
0: So you've got repair shops basically feeding back, and MSOs and independents feeding back to the planners as to what type of program they wanted to see. Correct. Wow, so it's really a uh, a
2: program designed by repairers for repairers. Precisely, as well as a few other people from other entities in the industry that contributed to it, but mostly repairers, yes. And this is the eighth iteration,
0: I believe, eighth year of the MSO Symposium? Correct. And we're in, uh, we were, we've been in Detroit, a few other places. We're in Las Vegas this year. What did you think of the venue here in Las Vegas?
1: You know what? People said when they walked through the door, wow. It had the wow factor, factor. for them. It, it was impressive the way the room was set up, which is, was, you know, we, we want that. Uh, we want to make it so that people want to be in the room. Mm-hmm. So I think the venue here was worked out very well, and uh, most likely we're looking at probably next year being right back here again.
0: Wow. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Yep. Daryl, from a moderator's perspective, how did you like the room and the venue?
2: I thought it was terrific. I mean, the screens, the layout, uh, the intimacy, the stage, the, the way the seats were set up, kind of the curb, more intimate setting for the speakers that caused some of these uh, panel discussions to be more conversational. I liked it a lot. I like Mandalay Bay as well. Brings back a lot of memories of being here for NACE. And ironically, lately, I've been hearing some people saying things like, you know, I kind of miss NACE. I go to SEMA. It's a terrific event, but it's not quite the same old NACE that where it was all collision repairs and we gather together and, and there was a lot more networking.
0: Speaking of networking, I saw a lot of networking happening in that room. Were you happy with the amount of interaction that the attendees had with each other?
2: Absolutely. I think it was a good setup for that. I think the way the, uh, having the vendors set up around the perimeter worked out well. Plenty of space for networking. The food setup was strategically placed in a way that allowed for space for people to gather and have conversations without being in the mm-hmm. way. I
0: think it was structured very well. From your perspective, did you get a chance to, uh, to meet and greet and talk to a bunch of people?
1: Yeah, It was a great opportunity to network and to meet people that I haven't really met before. People would introduce me and then be able to have a conversation. Dave Black from Dealership Group mm-hmm. that was on one of the panelists. Uh we had a long conversation of how he's developing his business in the Pittsburgh area and what their p- plans are going forward. I think to be in a room with a bunch of competitors like the Gerbers and the the Calibers and the Service Kings but yet for them all to have a a respect for each other and to be able to discuss things openly, I think is, is a great thing. And then for us to be able to provide for the smaller ones, you know, the, the, the shops that maybe only have five or six but can be in the same room with the, the larger groups uh, and still benefit, I think is, is a, a big plus.
2: It's amazing uh you know for example we had mark sanders here to be able to walk out in the networking area and have a conversation with the guy who is the president of caliber and he announced that their sales were over four billion dollars a year over a thousand shops i mean that's incredible where can you go to have a conversation with somebody like that
0: yeah the exchange of information as as roy had pointed out in an open and uh a non-competitive format has always been i think the hallmark of a lot of the asa meetings And uh, your reference to NACE is well taken. I think the last time I was here at the Nandalay Bay was at an NACE show. I would imagine that's going to be a conversation for another podcast. I know we've been uh, taking a look at different ways to improve how we reach the industry, what we do to do that. And uh, this is certainly the MSO Symposium and, and the TTF Forum that we had in Detroit as well in Troy, Michigan this year. I think have been uh, programs that that have surprised us by how effective they've been and the positive feedback we've gotten. Roy, what did you hear from some of the uh, from some of the attendees? What kind of feedback did you get on the show?
1: They they felt that the information was great. They liked that it didn't get a whole day. They liked the shortness of it. Mm-hmm. Even the sponsors appreciated the opportunity to be involved in it and that. For example, Exalta basically said 80% of these larger MSOs are my customers. Wow. And so that I can be in the same room with them at one time Mm -hmm. and be able to have conversations was a great opportunity for them.
0: And Darrell, what did you hear from your your moderator's point of view when you were talking to some of the attendees? Lots
2: of compliments. compliments. Whenever I walked through the room, I kept hearing compliments about uh, good job, terrific presentation, really enjoying it, things like Mm -hmm. that.
0: Well gentlemen thank you for your time I know we're we're still wrapping up the uh, the festivities here it's been a great day it's been a long day <laughs> but packed with information again we've we're going to definitely Roy can you confirm that we're definitely coming back to Vegas for 2020
1: It's uh I couldn't say almost 80% sure it'll be back here. And I will tell you, NACE is not done. It is coming back.
0: Okay. Well, again, I'm going to hold you to that. We will hold that for a future podcast. But, gentlemen, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, Daryl, you did a great job as moderator. And, uh, again, I got a lot of positive feedback from some of the folks we've been interviewing today. And, Roy, uh, your service is noted. You have You have been through it all and been here. Well, both of you, actually, have been with the organization for the long haul. And I think it speaks well of of the caliber of individual that we have involved in the industry that we can produce events like this and, and get the kind of, of reaction and the kind of value, I think, that the uh, shops who attend are looking for. So, gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: You know, Daryl has been a great mentor to me uh, as he was chairman before I was. And uh, I got to serve under him under the Collision Apps Committee also and the professionalism that he shows in an event like this. And he, he is just a a great asset to this profession. So,
2: Thank you for the kind words, Roy, but uh, frankly it's a pleasure and honor to work with people like this, and, and Roy's contribution is second to none. It's amazing what he's accomplished. Well, I, ha-
0: I can't let this go without saying it. During the introductions, there was a uh, clip of Daryl's early drag racing career. And I believe a comment was made that the ninja-like reflexes are still there. And if there's any- anyone out there who's looking for a uh, for a sponsorship for a drag racer, give Daryl a call. So, gentlemen, thank you very much. It's been great. And I look forward to talking to
2: both of you again. Thanks. Thank you, Thanks,
0: Tony. Tony. Take care.